the fate of the entire elven race is in my hands. So it would appear. Say that again. The fate of the entire elven race is in your hands. Whose hands? Yours. Welcome to The Rings of Power with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to The Rings of Power on Amazon Prime Video. So sit back, relax, and let's chat the glory of the Second Age. My name's Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and if there's one thing I can tell from this show, it's hashtag friendship goals. <laughs> Agreed. You, you know, there was something that happened in this episode that I feel like if more television just followed this rule, there would probably be no television. What at do you all. mean? Just two people having a rational conversation, just talking out a problem and being like, oh, all right, well, then- Let's fix it. Like, I love let's it. figure it out. I flipping love <laughs> the conversation it. between uh, Durin between Duran and Elrond. I I know it, it, it's played off for many different things, but that kind of conversation just rarely happens. I know. You know, you anticipated Elrond like lying about something, or Duran being like, "No, nah, I don't want to hear it," or "You hurt me." Like, no, they both understand each other's. Like plights, they both understand the the ramifications of what's coming, and they say, "Wow, here's a reasonable response." <laughs> Phenomenal stuff. I love it. I their their bromance is one of my favorite things, if not my favorite thing. By and far, I, the best thing the show has. And going I'm for pretty it. sure we're gonna need to have um, Duran's <clears throat> quote of "Give me the meat and give it to me raw." Oh, as a sound clip. For Mary and Blake Media. From Absolutely. That is what. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, I mean, you when know. When we just want, when we just want to hurt, like know something. Well, first I have to just. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, give give me the meat and give, me, give it to me raw. That's what she said. Because you yeah. have to. Okay. But yes, I totally agree that that, that is certainly coming. That's but, not what I'm going to use it for. No, I know. But I'm just saying. Uh, no, I, I think we will. When we need to get something just down and dirty and we got to get the information, give it to me straight. Give me the meat and give it to me raw. <laughs> oh, man. You know what I noticed too in this episode? Tell me. It was, give me the meat. Uh, uh, it was a little bit more lyrical in this episode. Uh, the, 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 the dialogue. Just, in what way? It was just a little bit more lyrical. It reminded me more of Tolkien. It reminded me more... Uh, of the films um it just you know th- there was just words that were used and phrases that were used that just felt more in line with the with the 
language that has been built by other properties before it, which is interesting because the show has been very, you know, it has set itself apart in both language, I think, and in, um, in feel, Mm -hmm. but it seems to be going back to its roots, which is really great. Yeah. So, yeah. So I dig it. it. It found itself, I think, really in the conversations between Celebrimbor and Elrond, and then also Gilgalad and in Elrond. Uh, those scenes were basically more if Elrond's talking to somebody. You know, it gets deep because you want to know why. <laughs> why is that? Because he's part human. That's true. If elves were just talking to each other. Boring schnooze fest. Yep. Well, remember, everybody, we ourselves love to chat and have conversations and grow relationships, and you can do that by following us on our social medias. Just search Mary and Blake on Instagram. Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and of course, Facebook. We do have a fun Facebook community. If you're there on the Book of Face, just search Mary and Blake. Request to join. You're going to meet a whole bunch of other nerds there as well. You can find all of our other podcasts and blogs at maryandblake.com. And of course, we want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by minutewithmary.com. That's your one-stop shop for all things beauty and skincare. If you are on the lookout for a new mascara, you can head to minutewithmary.com slash discount. I do ship to all of North America, most places in Europe, um, I New Zealand, Australia. So if you're in any of those areas, my friend, Minute with Mary might be the place for you. So you could head to minutewithmary.com slash discount to grab your mascara at a discount, or you could search the hashtag Minute with Mary to see some of the stuff that I've got. All right, let's get into the show. episode, Nori and the Harfoots get attacked from a weird wolf pack of three creepy looking wargs, and the stranger he uses something from Super Mario Smash Brothers, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> but then in the meantime of using his icy hot, he freaks Nori out. Isn't it just Super Smash Bros, not Super Mario Smash Brothers? Sure. Sure. Super what? Smash Bros. You're right. Well, at least it's what our son calls it. He's Super Smash Bros. He'll be the newest character coming out yes. in 2023. Stranger. The Stranger. <laughs> uh, Gladriel convinces Halbrand to take a shower and join the expedition to mm. go over to Middle Earth. He says, sure. They're down two ships, but somehow they fit more people on it at this time, of course. They're down two ships because of that punk kid, Farazan's son. Um, and then in Linden, we have the get-together of the dwarf during with the other elves, and they find out the truth about the Mithril. And in the Southlands, the humans are just being stupid humans. And uh, we get realization, of course, that Adar is not Sauron. Right. That's the way that it, it certainly feels that way. All right, this uh, episode 105 was entitled Partings. And it was directed by, once again, by Wayne Yip, who directed episodes 103 and 104. And the writer was Justin Doble, who you should know that name, because he wrote the episode Adar as well. Marvin, your rings rating. How many rings are you giving episode 105? I'm giving this a 4.75. So it's a, a, a hundredth, fifth hundredth. <laughs> a <laughs> a point, half a hundredth. Yeah. Sure. Um, what I don't. I don't like doing. I don't like doing live math. What Four point seven five, slightly bigger than last week. I actually felt the need that I might want to go for to four point eight, but I'm saving that because I feel like that's a coming. Yeah, uh, 
I'm going to stick to I liked the- a lot of this episode. I would I have rewatched this episode many times and I will continue to. I've I watched it a couple of times as well and I'm still in the same range, Mary. I I I'm still in the 42 to 43 range. If I if I had to put a number on it specifically, it'd probably be a 425. I think it was just a slight step back from the last episode and I feel like we keep building towards something, but <clears throat> the the time it takes to get to that something is just a lot. And I felt like, <clears throat> excuse me, the last episode, we really got to that point where we we're like, okay, now we're on the move. And it took a whole episode for everybody to be like, okay, let's get on the boat. When the decision was already made at the end of last episode. Mm. So, but regardless of all that, what I think we, we're we're getting to the thing and we're we're going in that direction, which is why I'm still giving it a four two five because I like where we're going. I I I think that all roads are connecting uh, in the Southlands, obviously, and the Harfoots are going to find themselves right in the middle of it. And so you can feel the DNA, you can feel the structure of what's happening. So I will give it a four point two five. Your DBG, you're good, you're bad, and you're great. Okay, so my good for this episode was all the time with the Harfoots. Yes. Whether good, bad, ugly, I'm here for the Harfoots. I <laughs> love the music when we're there with the Harfoots. I had reminiscent moments where I was like, are Jamie and Claire from Outlander about to show up? Because, oh, because do you know what? <laughs> when Nori and the stranger were sitting on a mound, I was just ready for blood of my blood um, <laughs> to come on through. But thankfully that didn't happen. Does it always feel like this? The Not wanting? all those who wonder or wander are lost. I mean, yeah. that just needs to be that needs on to be a, a coffee thing. mug. That needs yeah. to be on our next chart. Um, my bad. Mm-hmm. There were a few, which is why this couldn't be a 4.8. Oh, okay. But the king of the bad, how the heck did the doofus kid fall and get knocked out? When what do you mean? When Isildur is on the boat and Farazad's kid comes to light it all on fire. Oh, yeah, okay. And they run up the stairs Isildur gets to the top of the stairs. He like hits then, his head on something. Nope. I watched it many times. Are you sure? You think he does? Here, you know what? Pull it up like quiet, you know, silently while I'm chatting. Okay. You think he hits his head on something and maybe magically he does. Maybe magically he hits his head on the coming out of the thing. It is not clear to me how this jabroni I, I took get it knocked out. pretty easily that he hit his head on something so uh, he's just a fool okay i, I what look did you i do? look forward to seeing this hold on one second. <laughs> and i know i know the listener that you don't have the benefit of seeing it but you will have the benefit of either me confirming or denying what I mary do not is saying see a hitting of his head all right so i hold see on. things that could have hit his head like when you climb out of the stairs in a boat you know how you have to blake and i are very tall so we know you need to, yeah, we have to be, be aware of our surroundings yes. and there's lots of things Especially on, on a boat that can hit your head there's lots of poles there's lots of moving pieces there is a black thing that he potentially could have but i do not see it swinging near his head all right so hold on i'm, I'm pulling it up here hold on one second i, I, I gotta get to the boat part here where are we going? Right, keep talking. Keep okay. camping. So, because I do, I actually have two bads. This was my first bad, and I never have twinsies. No, I never ever. have. But this is, it upset me that I couldn't give this episode a 4.8. And it was because of these two things. So, the second thing is Bronwyn giving the worst pump up speech I have ever heard in my entire life. Humans, gotta go. <laughs> first, it's we gotta stay. 
Then we got to go. So, okay. Oh, no, no, no. He, uh, okay. So we're supposed to think that he maybe hits his head on that swinging thing. Yeah, because it's, they make it a point to show Isildur like duck down below it when he, when he he goes and then it swings back and then the, the the doofus hits his face on it. You You don't don't agree that you don't see it. But it's implicit that he does hit his head on it because the Sildor, when Watch they're it, on the boat. Just stop in the motion because I think it's a far swing and I think it's not done well. Okay, sorry. All right. Okay, Sildor so goes under. Is. And now it's it's and swinging kid, back. Yeah, so that seems like it's right now, right behind a Sildor. And I think the kid falls before that. Thing. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. Watch. It, and right there, he, he makes the move towards it as, as the thing. Okay. What I'll say is, I'll say this. Bad camera work. Bad camera work. Absolutely Just bad camera. Just looks cam- like he slips. You know what? That feels like it's an camera operator error. That's mm. what it feels like. It's not like direction, though the director should have caught this, but it, this is bad camera work. Thanks. That's what it comes I'm down to. I'm glad I called it out. Yeah, you and did. my bad thing on a writing level or just person level is Bronwyn. She's, everybody stay with me. Stay here. We can do it. And then never mind, everybody. We need to leave. The world is over. Yeah. You know, a part of me think that, th- you know, this we'll is get a, to it. This is a wrestling term. Okay. If you want to get yes, to it. Yes, we'll get to it because part of me thinks, could she and Aaron Deere just be acting? Because if so, yeah. I'm okay with it. But if that is not acted, WTF, mate. It's it's an act. Mm. It's all an act. Yes. It's a job. That's all. That's, that's what the that's what the wrestling world calls it. It's a job. Yes. And and she she's a job right now. So uh, those are my bads, and then my great is Elrond and Durin. I didn't know you were going to be playing that. What that clip? Oh, see, well, you know, where no, where I told you which one I wanted. Which one did you want? I wanted Aaron Deer speaking with Theo. Oh yeah, that one was so good. Could you pull that up? Because had I known that you were using that sound clip, I would have put this as my great. Okay, I am so proud of Theo for not going with Waldreg and heading on over to Adar. I'm so excited to see what this is going to be for his character. Yes, there's still potential for him to go bad, but the fact that Aaron Deer is here teaching him how to shoot, telling him, "Listen, buddy, I wasn't good for a while too." I've been doing this for 200 years and it's okay to practice and for you to be 14 and to be brave enough to do this says a lot and I just think that Theo has needed this male pep talk mm-hmm. for so incredibly long and I'm interested to see if his mom is not acting if if this is just a farce um if if she's not acting, oh, sorry. If if she is not acting mm-hmm. and she actually wants to go on over and pledge allegiance to Adar, if Theo will stand by Aaron Deer. All right, here's the uh, here's the scene here. Teach me, because it took me over two hundred years to develop the bravery that's keeping me standing here tonight. You found it in only fourteen, and we're going to need another fight to come. All my life, your kind has watched us, counting every whisper. Every kitchen knife too sharp. We're all about to be buried in this tower. So why be buried with us? Because in counting the whispers and the knives, I've come to know the voices and the hands of those behind them. Half of us just left. But half stayed. Including you. There you go. I mean, when Gryffindor moments come around, yep. I, j- I feel them in my heart. You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> and that right there, there were two big Gryffindor moments, and that would have been my great. 
um, had I known that you were using <laughs> the, the give me the meat and give it to me raw yeah. Elrond during <laughs> discussion. So how about you, Blake? Your GBGs? All right, my good is, uh, I, Mary, uh, I said it in the beginning of our episode and you kind of hopped on the back there, which is the Elrond and Durin relationship. It continues, I think, to be the most important relationship that the show is investing itself in. And the reason why... I think the relationship works so well and because people are attaching themselves is because of the reality that the, the two characters are, are, are going through with each other. And the fact that we have this whole thing about the table and how Disa oh. wanted a brand new table and he yes. made the whole story up and you they would, can laugh about it. I absolutely would have done that. I love just watching these and thinking, like, if we were in these times and these kind of creatures, what would you be? You would be a dwarf. A hundred percent. A six foot four dwarf. Se- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I would. I would absolutely be a dwarf. And I, I just love what they're doing with Elrond and Durin. It is mm-hmm. again by far the most the the best relationship of this show, uh, and. When you have these little, again, these little bits of whimsy mixed in with these large scope, evil versus good, black versus white, and like, or or dark versus light, and like all of these major themes and and and, and movers of theme and plot to sprinkle stuff like this in is really important to give it, to get an idea of who these characters are, what they're doing beyond what their name is, what they do, what they look like, and uh, their job, mm-hmm. right? You have to have more than that. Okay. So uh, that is my good. My bad. This is more of a technical thing, but Mary, you even called this out when we were watching it because you you needed some clarification. There was the moment <laughs> when Hal Brand is saying, you don't know what I've done to survive. And then immediately they cut to a slow-mo almost surrendering. They cut to Justin Bieber. Yeah, yeah, Rowan. With Waldrig. Yes. And g- giving themselves over to Adar. Yes. And you asked me, Blake, is... is Because he's Halbrand- continuing to voiceover slowly as they're right. walking. Right. And there, and you asked me, Blake, is is Halbrand Rowan? Like, is Halbrand and, Justin Bieber? Right. And then you, you think about it, you're like, wow, maybe they're doing this thing where... A flashback. It's a flashback, but you didn't know it the whole time. It was just... They pulled a this is us on you where it's like they showed you the thing and if you're not paying attention, you don't understand. But if you did pay attention, you would have understood. Like when they showed Jack and the, you know, hashtag spoilers when they were in the 80s and they showed like the TV and the the vacuum and the whole thing. Like if you were just paying attention, you would have gotten the twist. But my sense, and I think what we were confirmed is that is there was no twist whatsoever. And my bad is the editing here because it makes it seem like Halbrand is recalling a memory and then they're doing a slow-mo fade-in, which is more indicative of a memory. And But they're showing you it in live time. So it's, it's supposed to be the two acting as parallel as opposed to referencing yeah. the past. And it seems... Had they not had a young man, had they not had Rohan, Rowan in the front, had yeah. it just been Waldrig and a bunch of crabby old people? Because as I've said before, there's very few young people. Lots right. of old people live there. 
then I wouldn't have come to mind. Mm -hmm. But I will say that Haldrick said when he was leaving the Southlands that the orcs were making their way yes. towards um, Osrith. Ostereth. Yes, Ostereth. Thank you. See, I, I, gotcha. I can't say any of these words. <laughs> I can read them, but not say them. Um, so I'm that would have taken like way too long for people to know that there yeah. were orcs and stuff. So no, that is the only thing that I'm saying. Okay, they definitely are not. This isn't a flashback, right. but because they had a young male there in the front, it made it feel like it could potentially be that. And so I think when it was you, yeah. misleading. When you, when you think about it and you you engage with it, you're like, no, it can't be a flashback because of the timing that you just said, Mary. But the visual language is suggesting that it is. And from what it seems, it's meant to be more of a thematic connection as opposed to a uh, reflection on memory. But at the same time, they are reflecting on a memory through the thematic connection that's happening at the moment while Halbrand is monologuing about the reflective connection across the sea. Like mm -hmm. it, the, the visual language here established was just confusing and it didn't, I don't think it did the job that it was meant to do until you watched it a second time or you're like, wait, hold on, what? Yeah. Wait, is is that what they're doing? And and then when you have to do that, and when you have to stop and think, that's when you know, okay, we've. I don't want to have to stop and think. We probably give it to me. <laughs> yeah, give it to me. <laughs> give give me the meat. And give it to me raw. Uh, I think what's when you do that, and you have to stop and think. Wait, hold on. What? That's when the 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 artistic choice that you've made proves to be wrong. A, not a good, <laughs> not a good choice. But my great. My great is Adar. Can, Adar, as much as I love the, the relationship between Elrond and Durin, I love me some Adar. Oh, you love a brooding, lonely uh, man. And what he does to that, that poor orc, <laughs> making him hold his freaking arm hey, up Brian, there, getting... Does it, does it, what does it feel like? Does it hurt? Yeah, like, and you, all you, it's like cooking bacon. Mm -hmm. That's all you hear. You hear the sizzle, buddy. And I love Adar because it feels to me like he went down a path that maybe he didn't want to go down, but recognized he can't get himself out of it. It just feels like there's something more there mm -hmm. um, than he's letting on. And the fact that when Waldreg or what the 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 crabby barkeep whatever the heck his name is. i think it's waldrick when he's like oh you're sauron or all right maybe you're not Sauron. i don't care but whoever I'll, I'll serve whoever you are whatever you are i'll serve you adar takes that it was like michael jordan in the last dance i took that personally <laughs> <laughs> like that should be a t-shirt <laughs> there you go it should be adar's face on the michael jordan holding the ipad lap like you know i took that personally that is what adar does and that is fantastic because what are we doing here? If if he hates Sauron the way that he does, or at least that the way that the show is implying that he does. <laughs> you know the way it made me feel? What? Like a little brother. Oh, good point. Like a little brother when like, of course my big brother gets all the credit. <laughs> That's who you think this is? That's who you think did this big tunnel? <laughs> yeah, so you think he's gonna get rid of the sun? 
Of course you would think it was him. No, it's me. Mom never noticed either. Does Sauron have a brother? That would be cool. Maybe, maybe, a, mm. maybe Adar is like Sauron's little brother. Sauron's little brother, and he's out to get Sauron. And maybe he's out to make his own way in this world. Oh, interesting. That's how I saw it when I saw it that way, and he got that mad. Yep. That's how mad I get when, like, my brother gets credit. Oh, and you don't. And oh. I'm the one that did all the gift giving mm-hmm. and the shopping and the planning. <laughs> And then he's praised. And you hosted the parties. You better kill Justin Bieber right now. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Oh, man. But you know what I mean. Of course. I Trust me. I know. (laughs) I know what you mean. All right. Let's get into the Fellowship of the Ring, shall we? We shall. Oh, no. Blake, that is the wrong button. Here we go. Strangers from distant lands, friends of old. You shall be the Fellowship of the Ring. All right, this one comes from Bobby Emerson Clay. They say, episode five, man, what a show. 4.5 out of five rings. I keep waiting for the shoe to drop and the the show to somehow disappoint me, but it hasn't. And I am filled with excitement each Friday because of this show. Our next friend is Suzanne Carissa, who writes, I'm conflicted. I can't decide if I give it a 4.1. Or 4.8. Well, don't worry, Suzanne. That's where you get, uh, what, 4.4? 4. 4.4. 4. 4. 4.45? <laughs> sure, why not? Why not? There we go. The good. We get a tiny bit of insight into Galadriel's motivation. I like her. She's a bad, mm, you know, bad something. I can't swear because this is a somewhat, A bad A. Yeah, bad A. But her constant moodiness is getting old. Fair. Suzanne, I got to tell you, Galadriel's old. And her constant moodiness <laughs> is the persona of elves. We are just being spoiled because of Elrond, who's not full elf. True. The, all that you like of Elrond is his human. <laughs> all of the elves are moody. You're just an anti-elf. No. You're an anti-elfite. No, I'm just saying, listen, at this point in my life, I'm a now wise 40-year-old. You got to realize, people don't change unless they want to change, okay? And you get what you get. If you know people in your life who are crabby, don't expect them to be not crabby. They're That's just always going to be crabby. That's okay? it. If you expect me to become a pessimist, ain't going to happen, sunshine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> See? <laughs> I saw what you did there. I know. <laughs> I was waiting for it. So I think her moodiness is just the elven personality. Fair enough. Um, Sorry, Suzanne says, I was happy when Halbrand pushed her to say why, and I was happy we got something, but it wasn't enough. You know, Suzanne, I don't think it was enough for Halbrand either. I needed more than, because I can't stop. So I'm disappointed, but at the same time, glad we got at least something. See, I'm even conflicted here. Is this a good or a bad? The bad. (laughs) Get there faster. Reference anyone? This was episode five, and I feel like hardly anything happened, and most of the episode just felt disjointed. All we got were people leaving the tower and bowing to Adar, more talk in Numenar, walking for the Harfoots, and the elves are going to die. I mean, I get there was more with the strangers, the creepers, the tower motif, showing the Numenorians how bad a Galadriel is during an Elrond, etc., but I just didn't care. At this point, 
Even knowing there are five seasons, should we be moving somewhere? And am I the only one that thought briefly the entire storyline of the Southlanders was being revealed in the past? When Halbrand talked about the terrible things he did in the Southland, the show cut immediately to the villagers bowing with a focus on the kid? No, Suzanne. We saw Justin Bieber, too, and we're just as confused. Don't worry. <laughs> Suzanne continues. I thought there was they were pulling some kind of season one Witcher trick and revealing the boy was Halbrand in the past. I just didn't like the flow, some edits, pacing, and lack of stuff happening. This is coming from someone that loves epic fantasies. George R. R. Martin's descriptions in the food in his Song of Ice and Fire books is my reading. P-O-R-N. <laughs> uh, and last but not least, Suzanne's great. The music. Bear does it once again with the music and those vocals. It just screams Lord of the Rings while being uniquely uh, Rings of Power, Bear McCreary. A great tribute to Howard Shore's musical language. You just know this is the same world we were in 20 years ago. And I love how I can hear so many little phrases here and there and the call out to many of his other works. I'm also in awe of the sheer volume of music that man is putting out right now. And all of it is so good. I don't understand how he can write so much for so many different things at the same time. So overall, I'm still liking the show, but this episode really only kept me watching because of the music, its beauty, and knowing we're in middle earth but i'm gonna need more well you know what suzanne when when you can write all that kind of music when you're when you yourself are a a bad a just like galadriel because that's what bam mccreary is i mean he he he, he confirmed uh that his wife ray yarbrough is the vocalist in the white leaves i I asked him on facebook because technically we are facebook friends oh look at you that's right yeah so it's just like bear is that your honey Singing in the White Leaves. And he said, sure is. Sure is. I think she makes a reappearance in this said, episode, too. He said, yes, it is. Smile emoji. Oh, you know, he's super proud. He's super proud he of is. Ray Yarbrough. And he should be because she's awesome. She Ray, Ray, Mary and Ray Yarbrough had a fantastic conversation uh, when we met at, at what was it? Was I, it I, Comic-Con? I, I, it was or? at Comic-Con. I, I can't remember what it was. But we talked about breastfeeding. <laughs> For quite some time. That's the, and I just sat there awkwardly. <laughs> and then when Bear McCreary came over, he said, Hi, I'm Mary Larson. Your wife and I were just talking about breastfeeding. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, okay, hey, look at the time. Gotta go. She was great. She was so she was, great. He was fine. She was very gracious with her And then we time. all became Facebook friends. That's true. That's and a, we have a lot in common. That's a good point. Um, Mary, I have a question for you about the Hal brand and... Are we not reading our last... Well, no, we will. I, but I have a question for you because it's pertinent to what Suzanne said, which is, did we get in? Like, I feel Suzanne me- mentions this. We get something from Galadriel about how she says, "Because I can't stop," and we get right up to the point. Like, we get there. We get to the thing that I think is going to propel the series, and then it stops just short when when she says, "Because I can't stop." And then it's like, okay, we're going to move on to the next thing. She just needs some personal development time to further understand her her real goal in life. Well, I guess my question is, Mary, do you feel the same? Like, we got there. We're right on the precipice of, the. I think, what would help turn the show emotionally for Galadriel and for you, the viewer, that you could sink your teeth into it. And did it just stop right before that, or did it did it give you enough to say, okay, I'm I'm going to keep moving forward with no, it? I don't care about Gladriel. I mean, yeah. I don't know if I'm ever 
going to. I didn't like her in the way that I want to have dinner with her and hang out and braid each other's hair in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> We're talking about a stoic kind of off um elf person. We are spoiled by Elrond and we are spoiled by Liv Tyler, who mind you, is a quarter human, okay? So the only elves that we really like and are who we feel connected ones. with you're aren't an, you're pure a rabid, elves. You're a rabid anti-elfite. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm saying that their personalities with me, I'm just yeah, not here they don't to... Click. No, and for them to be like, oh no, if... If this happens, if the light goes away, we will die. You've already lived for thousands of years. Good point. You know, so all, all good things to come to an end. Has the show made a mistake in making their presumably main character an elf? I don't think she's their main character. Okay, then who is the main character? I don't think there is one. And that's the problem. I don't think that's a problem. I think that this actually gives you your own variety, that this is a choose your own adventure. And you get to root for who you want to root for. And it may even change season by season. It may even change episode by episode. Like, are we now on Team Halbrand? I don't know. How are we feeling about this? Do we like a Sildar? I don't like a Sildar, but some people do. So I love this because we get to see the light and dark of humans. We get to see the other races of, of creatures, mm-hmm. and we get to feel connected to different ones. They all have things that are bad. So No let me, one is perfect. Even if they're good guys, they're not perfect. Let me co- make a comparison to a larger- You like Adar. I do, but he's not the main character. No. Let me make a, a comparison to a larger pop culture um, project, okay, or, or idea. Who- is the main character of Star Wars Episode One? And the fact that you can't give me an answer. Episode One. Oh, I'm thinking Episode Four. No, no. Episode One. Who is the main character? Oh, um, I would say it's Obi Wan. You would think so, but he's on the sidelines half the film. Is it Qui Gon? No, it's not Qui Gon because he doesn't have a journey. Is it Padme? No. Who does it? Nobody. That's the that's, point. No, that's not no, fair. There's not one single main. Like, there's not one main character I of that think film. Obi Wan. And, and you would the logical one would be Obi Wan because he actually has an arc, but he's sidelined for half the film. You then you would say, okay, well, what about Anakin? You don't even meet Anakin halfway until halfway through the film. He ain't the main character. But what I'm saying is that you can look at Harry Potter. The entire show, essentially, until we get like Snape doing his Narcissa handshake situation mm-hmm. and a couple other things, is is always with Harry in the scene. You can look at other shows Almost, where yeah. that main character is pretty much always in the scene. That yes. is not how this show has been. No, but who with who is the main characters in Game of Thrones? You can change. So we hung out the most in the beginning with the Starks. And because of that, we were solidified in them. But there were other main characters. Then it comes to be more times with the Lannisters. Then it comes to be more times with the Targaryens. So it changes. So one could say, just like with Game of Thrones, that we started with Galadriel just like we started with the Starks. So we may have a lot of, oh, I want her to win. I was told I need to root for these people. But the longer you go into Game of Thrones, you are now suddenly rooting for Jamie Lannister. You're suddenly Team Daenerys. Arguably the main character of Game of Thrones is Jon Snow. I disagree. 
I don't know who else you could say. I don't think there is one. And I don't think there is a main character in this show right now. All right, fair. In Lord of the Rings, it's Frodo. We're almost always with Frodo. Occasionally fair. not, but almost always. And yes. I don't think we are with someone that much in this show, so you can see it more along the lines of Game of Thrones. My point, my point being this. It's hard to connect you don't have pe- a favorite character. Okay? No, no, it's not that I don't have a favorite. I'm saying just on a story level, on the whole, it's hard to connect when you don't have a main character, when you don't have somebody that you can put in your shoes or Cue you can queen. put yourself somebody in that shoes <laughs> and say, okay, I see this. I, I get it. And but I'm, fa- I'm, saying, I'm tracking with it. That's what I'm saying. Actually, you get to find someone. You can say you're, you're a Durin. Okay? Fair. I can say I'm a Nori. Also fair, but not main characters. Not yet, man. Listen, we're just getting started. Why is it bad if there isn't a main character? These are there are multiple rings, man, and an entire like c- continent. Sure, in half of the world is going to be I coming think, together. Is it fair to say that you have to build your story around? And your main, even the, the shoes that do have a main Someone. character, doesn't mean that that's the person you're rooting for. Doesn't mean that that's the person you're behind. You hate Frodo. I, Frodo's the worst. And yet you like Lord of the Rings. Right. But at least I know that Frodo is the main character and that I don't like Frodo. So you are the person, you have the issue that you need <laughs> a main character. All right. The next one comes from Allison Fisher. <laughs> Allison Fisher says, I'm giving this episode a solid four and a half. I really enjoyed it. There's honestly so much to unpack, but I'm trimming it to the essentials. My good is the growing character relations we're seeing. I really love the dynamic between Elendil and Galadriel. They're almost fl- flirtatious, but not outright. And I love them speaking uh, Quen- Kenya or Quenya. It's lovely. I also adore the friendship between Nori and the stranger. It's so sweet how she's teaching him and how he's finally been accepted into the clan, as it were. Poppy's song was also very lovely and very Tolkien. My bad was, well, the wargs and the wolves. They weren't as bad as the Hobbit version. At least this time they gave them some interesting secondary characteristics, like sable manes and wonky warg teeth. Um, warthog teeth, but those nostrils again. Ugh! I wish they could just t- take them a more interesting direction. My great is Elrond and Durin. Oh my god, I adore this friendship here. Agreed. Aside from Durin slaying at the dinner table, he's so sweet when Elrond comes clean uh, with that in the end. And yes, he was apparently on a mission for Mithril, as it is the key to keeping the elves alive in Middle Earth. How does Durin react? He doesn't blow up. He doesn't curse Elrond's name. He simply gives the look with those puppy dog eyes and asks, whose hands the lives are the elves are in? Yours. Hmm. And of course, he doesn't even flinch. He's a dwarf of honor and will do whatever it takes to help his friend. Friendship really takes first place in this episode. The hellish nightmare of the Southlanders uh, are about to endure is horrible and well presented. But for me, it's all about the interplay between our characters and their relationships. I loved this episode. I've watched a few times now and there's so much I didn't touch on for sure. But the friendships, man, that is where it is at. That is right, Allison, and as you, I'm sure, are well aware, that is a Mary and Blake Media commandment. Character is 
relationships. If you have a good relationship, you have good characters. And if you have snails, good characters, snails, snails. if snails. you have good characters, you have a good story. That is the most important thing. I like that relationship. <laughs> I'm go snails, 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 snails. And speaking of um, relationships, Marvin, there is one relationship in here that I, I think I'm starting to like a pretty good amount. And that is the one that is shared between Isildur and his friends. That actually feels legitimate. And the, the two-punch makeup was phenomenal. By far, his friends. I like his friends way more than I like Isildur. Mm-hmm. Isildur, Absolutely. I'm all set with you. Goodbye. His friend who does the punching my other Gryffindor of this episode through and through <laughs> for him to say, okay, you're, you're a buddy, wizard, Harry. And I love you. And you're probably still my best friend, but I can't bring you. Well, actually, yeah, I, I, oh. I potted that up because I, I just want to play it. I think it's really important that we, that we play this scene because there's a number of things that are happening here, which makes this relationship between the three men, I think a good one. You're my oldest friend. And if you want to know the truth, you're probably still my best. What? Answer my please. I can't in good conscience state my name, recommending you for a duty that you might well decide. It'll be different this time. One day I hope it will be. One day I hope you find something that you would be willing to sacrifice anything for. Alright, so I'm playing this here because there's a number of things happening. First, it's obviously that there is a relationship here, that there there is a good relationship. They're, they're friends for a long time, uh, and they're enough good of friends to have this kind of argument, but still admit the fact that they're best friends. On top of that, we have Antimo on the other side being like, wait, whoa, what? You're my, what? <laughs> You're better, not the best why friend. Why am I not the best friend? So good humor, good levity. You know why he's not the best friend? Because he's already engaged. And, right. <laughs> and so he knows my time here is limited. Yes, absolutely. He's already got a bestie and that's his honey. Yep, absolutely. So there's that. And then on top of that, then we have some mythology at play here. And this is the one thing that I think the show does. It's, it's a blessing and a burden for the show. And that is the, the 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 sprawling history that we know about Middle Earth. And the funny thing is that the show is in a place where it has to reference the history that it knows that's coming, but do it in its own way. And we have this little interaction here where Isildur is told, I hope there's something that you sacrifice everything for. And we know that happens. It just so happens that it's the one ring. Yes. And the show ha- is in this weird climate where it has to balance all this stuff. Mary, tell me your thoughts about the show referencing its own mythology. I'm sorry, not its own mythology, but mythology, but the Tolkien, Tolkien mythology and building its own universe, like being in the middle there. Like, do you think that? What we just listened to is accomplishes what I think the goal is. I think out of all of the episodes so far, this episode was the most Tolkien of all. 
you for, you had you had someone singing while they walk forever. That's true. Fair <laughs> enough. And like you said, mentioning the mythology, bringing it back. Um, yes, I am here for it. Yeah, you know, and the other part that I mentioned too, that Mary, is I said that it's a burden because I mean it is a blessing that the show has this beautiful history, but it is also a burden because we have the kind of the opposite happening with the stranger and like the relevance of the stranger i think is it hinges on your curiosity of being like okay I, that's a person that i know and we're just waiting for that knowledge to drop yeah because you're wondering is this a person that i know from the mythology that i already know of you know from from say the movie mythology like the movie mm-hmm. timeline we got the third you know third age is it someone from the third age or for those who've read the read the books and know a bit more obviously of the of the people who have lived in the second age sure. you know where could he fit in of those other people that may not have been featured in the movies necessarily of the third age or is this someone completely different right so that i'm glad because that way we get the best of both worlds. We get a little bit of, we know the future of Isildur. Mm-hmm. And we get to see his evolution. And then we have this stranger who we don't, like, nobody knows. And it's so fun. Yeah. Because for show watchers who've never, never done anything, Lord of the Rings, they don't know what's happening with Isildur. They don't. That's true. But everyone else does. Movie people, book people, everybody else does. Yeah. But then you get to the stranger and we're all on the even playing field. <laughs> yes and no. Um, because I think, all right, so the thing about Isildur is, Mary, you're right. We, the people who've watched the, the movies, and, and here's the thing too, for the most part, everybody that's watching this show, I think for the most part has watched the movies. So I think we're all in the know for the most part. But regardless of, even if you hadn't watched the movies and even if you hadn't, you know, read the Silmarillion or whatever, whatever, you know, like, you have a basic understanding of Isildur's character because he's he's that Campbellian, um, you know, hero, the the one who, the, who's, we talked about a couple episodes ago, he's Luke Skywalker, right? And that is, we know that character it may be a different name, it may be a different face, but we know the character because it's um, it's an archetype. And archetypes are great for storytelling. The thing with The Stranger is it almost reminds me of, if you remember, Mary, Star Trek Into Darkness. No. And, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch plays John Harrison. But we all knew that Benedict Cumberbatch wasn't really John Harrison. He was Khan. Hashtag spoilers. And... I'm not a Star Trek person. I, but I, for Star Trek nerds, that's a big deal, right? We all knew he was Khan. It was just a matter of time, and we were just waiting for that n- knowledge to drop. And when the knowledge drops that it was Khan, it it happens in the movie, and there's no special meaning to the characters in the movie. It was only meant for the viewers. And this is why I bring it up a burden, because... Let's just say, for the sake of argument, that it is Gandalf, right? The stranger? Let's just say. Okay. It's going to have no special meaning for the characters whatsoever. Because they don't have any relation to Gandalf at all. It's just a, it's just a, a viewer-only experience. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If it was Sauron, 
totally different, totally different meaning because everybody knows Sauron. And like that would be a big freaking deal in universe, like in the show. Mm-hmm. But if it's Gandalf, so that like that's why I'm saying it's, it's somewhat of a burden because the the mystery is somewhat contingent upon your knowledge of the film and getting that reveal potentially is based only on that and in, in the viewer experience and not the character experience. Interesting. See what I'm saying? I do. So what do you think about the stranger? Are, are you feeling like he's good? He's bad. The fact of the matter is he himself and Nori, they're actually questioning whether or not he is good or bad. And that almost makes his identity irrelevant. Am I peril? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You are now, yeah, buddy. You, you, you're bad news. You are peril. That moment of sitting on the rocks, the two cuties, that little shot, if he ends up being good, like that's a piece of artwork that I want you to draw. Oh, yeah. Good point. Chatting about snails. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it made me laugh out loud. You know, um, so I adore their relationship. Of course, I'm coming to help them when silly Malva is just being bananas and not having a care in the world when Nori and Poppy are telling her about all what's going on. Um, when he's using his his Ben Gay or his Icy Hot. <laughs> he, he's an cool Arnica gel. He's an, he's an Arnica gel kind of guy. No, that, that, to me, that's more Icy Hot. Okay, fair you enough. Know, cools it first. Yep, yep. And then soothes it. <laughs> Cool to dull the pain yes. and hot to soothe the to soothe the pain. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's that's all I could think was icy hot. Um and then of course Nori touches his hand and freaks out. Well, yeah, when you see your arm freezing off, yeah, I would I would freak out too. Then her arm's fine, but she's freaked out and yep. then she of course runs away. How do you feel about her reaction? Because she tells him, hey, you killing thousands of fireflies, hundreds of fireflies, no Mm -hmm. problem. You didn't mean to kill him. Mm -hmm. How is that any different from what he did to her arm? And why is she now running away? Oh, because it involves her. (laughs) That's the biggest thing. He didn't do it on purpose. No, I know. And and I don't even think he was aware that he did it at the time. Because he was like doing his like his chanting thing, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever that is. I don't even think he was aware. But Firefly is the one thing. But when you have a risk of losing your arm, I, I feel like that's a little bit of a big deal. And that's going to change your perspective because it's not its not something that just happens to other people. Now, it is something that could have happened to you. And that in and of itself is uh, you know, th- that is a, a bit of a setup that, yes, this person may be good. May be good, but there is but be such a naivety, naivete about their own understanding of their own powers that even though they may be good, things could end real bad for everybody here. Okay, so I told you earlier that Nori is who I I see myself as. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In my, if I was Nori, I would have done the same thing, freaked out, ran away, mm-hmm. but. Then I would have had some time to digest what happened, realized he did not do it on purpose, (laughs) and we'd have a big talk. 
Oh, the talk that you would have with the stranger. So I'm interested Ooh. to see if Nori has a big talk with a stranger or if she's now out on a stranger. So coming from a place of love, I need you to understand. <laughs> that is how I would start You almost froze my arm off. Remember how we talked about peril? <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see. But also, Nori is a you know preteen. She's essentially a kid. Yes. So... Will she have uh, the the communication abilities to have this conversation with a stranger? Because they still need his help to pull the carriage. Yes. They have now caught up because now they're with Malva and they're with Sarok. Yeah. So they've caught up, but they're still on their way, right? By the way, Malva, brutal. Uh, take the wheels off the cot. Leave them behind. She's the worst. She, dude, don't mess with Malva. Straight up. Anytime you name Malva, you're weird. And this lady, straight up Malva weird. Did you know that's an Outlander reference they, for all you uh, nerds? They walked through um, the swamp that Frodo and Sam and Gollum walk through. Really mm-hmm. interesting. There's not dead bodies in it right now because because yes, the, the, the war, war hasn't, hasn't happened. happened. Yeah, good point. <laughs> but that's where they they get stuck for a little while. Interesting. So to me, I forget if they said, "Okay, we've reached our final place." I don't think they've reached their final place. No, they have not. And to me, that means this, the stranger helped them catch up. They're still not where they need to be. And it'll be interesting to see how Nori, if she's going to love him and leave him, goodbye. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty much like White Fang. <laughs> you know, throw throw a little snack. Get out of here. She's just going to have a whole bowl of snails and then leave. <laughs> uh, is the Grove the Shire? Do you think? I don't know. That's a great question. And I, again, again, this is one of the things that the show has. It's it's a blessing and a burden for its own mythology. We're going to be cons- constantly saying, "Is this that?" I'm not. Is that You're this? the one doing it. No, I mean by by we, I meant the royal we, like the oh. the fandom. Uh, and I, I kind of want the show to just. I, I mean, ultimately, kind of has said that whatever we're just going to do whatever the hell we want and for the most part and yes there are certain things that we have to do but in between we're going to do what we feel is best ultimately we know that the harfoots are some kind of proto you know hobbit and i wonder if this is the beginning of the hobbits if you will and if the grove is the shire just because something is going to happen which will i think in my estimation prevent the harfoots from continuing on their journeys. Yeah, the war. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like they're getting to this place and they're like, okay, is is this the final thing? Is this the place where they just stop because of the war? You know, and I think it's fair to assume that it, it might be. Mm. You know, um but either way, what's happening in the Southlands is not great, Bob. Uh because and it's great because there's this somewhat like parallel story that's happening uh, between Bronwyn and Muriel, where Bronwyn feels like she is this leader that took on this role because she had to. And Muriel is this leader who is – they're making choices for their people, and they're both female, by the way. They're both being questioned, uh, and there are people doing things – outside of their control, which are preventing them from, you know, making the final choices that they need to make for their people. I, what, is there, is there a connection here? Are they, will these two meet up and will this 
seal the deal for the South. Coast. I think everybody's going to meet up at some point. Yes, I agree. At some point, everyone's going to meet up. While we're in the Southlands, and you know, you're just talking about the Harfoots and where they're going to be, I would love to address the people dressed in white who obviously, yeah, dude. I mean, they've got shout sticks. <laughs> Shouts, Stuck so many shout sticks. How can you be walking around and all this mud, all this grass, yeah, all these wargs running around, and you still have white whites? You know what they reminded me of? They reminded me of um, Prometheus. You know, with with the uh, okay, yeah, with the with the guys at the beginning of the film when they're like they come out in the robes and they're they're you know they're like the early gods. Yeah. That's what that reminded me of. So these people. Looking at them at first with their kind of white outfits yeah. makes you think elf, you know, because elves are clean as well. Yeah, and but they got, elves. But they don't have pointy ears. Yeah, and their skin, not elf-like. So we don't know. Are they good? Are they bad? They're, of course, looking at the, the spot where the stranger was put. And then the guy or the person goes down and touches it. And we see black all over their fingers. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what the stranger started to get on his arm after he did his Smash Bros move. Yep, absolutely. And um, also just thinking of the black that's coming on the leaves. Mm-hmm. The way that there was conversations floating around in the air around them sounded just like parcel tongue. Oh, I like it, Mary. Good job. You're a wizard, Harry. I'm pretty sure if there is Justin Fitch Fletchley nearby, he better run for the hills. Because <laughs> these may be the descendants of Salazar Slytherin. Still, still the most useless character in all of Harry Potter. All right. JFF. Hot take. Are these people in white good or bad? Oh, I'm going to say bad. Why? Because they're wearing white. Okay. And because of the parcel tongue. Usually, I will say, usually in Tolkien, what you see is true. That's true. Good point. It, so it's usually, usually white means good. Yep. Black is bad. Yep. I, I totally, totally agree. However, I think, again, this is one of the things where the show uh, stands on its own and allows there to be some level of interpretation. You know, and in that level of interpretation, in my opinion, uh, is is they have to do something that is going to throw you off a little bit. Okay, cool. I think bad for the two reasons of parcel tongue sounding language floating around the air. Yep. And that person trying to touch the spot, mean person eyebrows. The eyebrows, straight up. <laughs> you could tell a lot about a character by their eyebrow yes. shape. And to me, that said evil. Yep. If this was Battlestar Galactica, they would be wearing black leather jackets. Yes. That's the other giveaway <laughs> to me. If someone's wearing a black leather jacket in a show or movie. Immediately bad. Immediately bad guy. And I have not yet been proven wrong. <laughs> Blake laughs because I'll watch something and I'm like, black leather jacket. Bad Here guy. we go. They, um, interesting thing. They have that, that shield kind of thing that yep. they're... <laughs> Reminded me of when photography people are using like a white balance, light <laughs> bouncing thing. Yes. Um, on it is the markings of the constellation that the stranger oh. is always looking at that the stranger was drawing. Interesting. We also see, I think we see this constellation as well uh, with Elrond um, at one point. I feel like the constellation is now being really utilized, mm-hmm. but of course not just through the stranger. So it means more than just him. Interesting. I like it. I like it. And I think another reason why this episode works, you mentioned Elrond, Mary, is because the show actually 
puts Elrond in a position where he has to make a decision, oh, like an, an actual personal decision, uh, and, and and make a choice, a real choice, and that is, do I withhold this information from Gil from Gilgalad, or do I give the information over and break my oath to Durin? That's an actual choice because. There's something that's happening here. If he doesn't give the information over, all of the elves die. <laughs> but if he does give it over, now he betrays the friendship he just repaired with Durin. Okay, well, can I tell you something? Elrond, I love you, but not in this episode. Mm. Durin's my man yes. in this episode, and I'm obviously married to a Durin. Yeah. Um, can I just first say that my um, notes, Elrond is always Elton. Because my <laughs> auto correct yeah. turns Elrond into Elton every time. So I just love it because I'm just picturing him with beautiful colored glasses <laughs> sitting at a piano. Um, <laughs> and of course, you know, yeah. Um, Elrond, oh my gosh, King, I can't tell you. I made a promise to my bestie, but I'm basically going to word it. So it's obviously a yes, but I'm still not lying. Yes. He already breaks his promise by giving the the mithril to Kellen Brimbroar. Good point. It does happen. He does that before he has the conversation with the king. Yes. Hmm. He says, oh, maybe if I don't tell him the whole story. Like, he's all white lies. All white lies, mm, Elmron. Interesting. He's Not skirting happy. around the subject. Yes. Now, granted, it all works out in the end because Durin is pretty pumped that he gets to dig for the Mithril anyway, and he gets yes. to go tell his dad, Dad, I have to. Sorry. I, I we got to save the it. elves. I know you gave a hard no, but the elves are going to die. And even though, honestly, they could all just sail back to their everlasting happy place yeah. and not die. And they've already lived for thousands of years, and it's about, as Lizzo would say, it's about damn time that they die. <laughs> listen, if I'm Durin, if I'm Durin, you got to say it right. It's, I, Dad, Dad, listen, I know you told me not to dig stuff. I know you told me it was a hard no. And even though it's a hard no, Dad, we, we got to dig for it because the Siggies and beer down there. <laughs> It's wicked, Doc. We've been watching a lot of Disney movies with our kids recently because we're we're heading down. We're going down yep. to Hogwarts and we're heading on down to Walt Disney World. And so all I kept thinking of during the dig, 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 dig from early morn to night is just sticking Elrond uh, Durin in there. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. So Yes. Right, right before they sing "Hi Ho." Oh, oh, the I the had dwarves. no idea what you were talking about. I just said Snow White. I did, you did not say Snow White. Oh, <laughs> sorry, guys. You just said we were and, watching a lot of Disney movies, and so well, Disney friends knew exactly what I was talking about right away. You're obviously not. You guys are nerds. <laughs> Blake, we're podcasting about Rings of Power on Good Amazon point. Prime. Good point. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Touche, Mary. Um, lastly, last thing I want to talk about, Mary. No, we're staying on Durin for a second. Oh, okay, sure. That actor is currently my favorite. Him and Nori. His twinkle in his sweet little eye when sure. he looks over whose hands? <laughs> Durin got a mani petty before he went to go see the king. Did you see that gold along his cuticle oh, edge? Yeah, of course I did. I think that that needs to be the new trend. I know that a lot of nails became like popular because of that show on HBO with all the kids who were doing bad things. 
Euphoria? Yes. Okay. So a lot of nail nail trends came Kids about. Kids doing hood rat things. <laughs> yes. Like smoking cigarettes like, and stealing cars. this is the cars. trend I, hear, I want. I want to paint my cuticles with gold. You know what? I think I'm in on that. Yes. Disa had it too. It's I'm a in. thing. Yeah, let's do it. It is. I'm like, I mean, I ain't going to do it, but you no, can do I'll it do all it. you want. Um, so yeah, and you know that Hadisa was saying, honey, you need to have some mani-pedi before you go over to oh, the yeah. Elf King. You can't be yeah. having these dirty, dirty, rotten hands. Um, th- when he does take his beautifully manicured hands and places it on the, on the, oh no, he didn't just put it on the table, but when he of course does that, but when, um, the king places his cup on the table and it becomes the story of yes. Mithril. Yes. Reminded me of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Oh, stuff. absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Totally a good You're a wizard, Harry. Totally good it expository was beautiful. stuff. Beautiful. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was beautifully done. Yeah, and and that's you know, again, we we get into the whole dino DNA thing with Jurassic Park and like when you have to exposit something, how are you going to do it? And in this particular case, what they chose to do was they wanted to tell the visual story and they did it in that they fashion. They made Elrond be the Ron Weasley. Oh, yeah, everybody knows that yeah. story. Oh, yeah. It was midnight. No, it was dusk. Mom said it was midnight. But dusk is good, too. <laughs> <laughs> is the mithril that Elrond has, that, that wee little nugget of sweetness from his friendship with Durin, does that become a ring? No, I don't think so. Oh, wait, you know what? Maybe, because Celebrimbor has it now. He gives it back to him. Oh, he does? Yeah. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Maybe. I, I, you know what? Here's what I'll say. I don't know enough to say yes or no. Okay. Having said that, if I'm, gonna, uh, if I'm doing a hot take, I'm going to say yes. I am too. Uh, and I'll say that Celebrimbor does it and, and Elrond gives it to Durin as a token of their friendship. Um, that's my guess. Mary, now that we've actually gone to the Mithril here, is there a connection between the fact that the Mithril is what is going to save the light? The show has, has given us no indication on how that's going to happen to save the elves, but whatever, it doesn't matter. That's one of those things I think you just have to accept. Is there a connection between the Mithril saving the light for the elves and prevent and you know saving the tree and the whole thing, and Adar looking at the sun and being like, "That's going to go away, and I'm going to miss it." Mm. Like, is there a connection? Because Adar seems to be an uh, uh, an elf that was you know has fallen from grace and is helping the orcs, and he looks up at the sun after he <laughs> he smells the bacon and says, "I'm going to miss that." Is there a connection here? Well, uh, the sun comes from the elven light. The sun comes from the tree, mm-hmm. as does the moon. So, yeah, I'm here for it. I just, I think that's, it's an interesting thing. So, mm-hmm. that interesting connection. All right, Marvin, you got anything else you want to talk about for this episode? Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> Is I've said it before and I'll say it again. Isildur's friends are still the Merry and Pippin for me, bringing all the joy and the love and the happiness. When they have that beautiful parade through Numenor, mm-hmm. everyone got pecs or, or boobs. Really? You remember how I've talked yeah, about yeah, there was the pec, armor? Some were, had, pecs, some had pecs, some were peckless. And then some were armorless. Yes. In the parade, everybody had pecs. Oh, interesting. Except the females who then had more breastplates made. Mm. Uh, Galadriel, didn't, did get, <clears throat> she got neither. Well, she had her own. She has her different armor. Yes. 
Um, I love that they somehow magically were able to have elven armor <laughs> and very different armor for Hellbrand made when he just made his decision the day before. Right. The plumes, the long white plumes on the soldiers' hats, completely useless. What are we doing? They're blowing all over. You're on. You're going to see. They're only going to get dirty. Exactly. That's just for show. That's just for parade purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, when Galadriel is teaching the gentlemen how to fight. Oh, that scene was spectacular. The soldiers how to fight. And the music. Oh, that that's my favorite piece. Oh, yes. When she's doing that, does she let the... Lieutenant, does she let him win? I think she goes easy on them because you cannot tell me that Galadriel, the most mighty warrior, got a scrape on her outfit from a a soldier, one human soldier. Yeah, some jabroni. Yeah, no, she was pulling her punches. Like if she wanted to, I mean, she could have murdered all of them all at once. Obviously, that's not going to happen. She was basically doing capoeira, like a dance fight. Yes, and said. Whatever, I'll I'll just give this five. She said, "Okay, effort. my right hand's my good hand, so I'll fight with my left." And she fought with both, but okay, you know what I mean. Yeah. But uh, princess I'll, bride reference, yes. What I'm saying is, I'll fight with my left, and I'll go like half speed, and then we'll figure that out. You know, she probably could have pants them all, but she didn't. And did she get the scrape on purpose? Maybe, but you know what? I don't know. I'm sorry. If if Legolas can surf down an elephant trunk, kill a hundred <laughs> orcs in one motion, not get scraped at all, and this is Galadriel, the most mighty sure. of the elven warriors, I find it very hard to believe if she was actually trying. Totally agree. So I agree. I think she pulled her punches. And the other thing that I wanted to uh, chat about was Aaron Deer. Okay. Oh my gosh. Can he please be Theo's stepdad? Can he and Bronwyn get married? Because this man is the father figure that Theo has always needed. Totally in his agree. Life. Totally agree. I mean, when we, when we played that that <sighs> scene earlier in the, in the episode here, like, yeah, like that that Theo needs a father figure, and that we need he needs he needs to be the stepdad. Yes. <laughs> All right, Marvin. Well, uh, I was trying to close the show out earlier because we do actually have. I didn't know. <laughs> That's okay. That's you know what. <sighs> it's fine no problem we have a hard out we, we got we, a hot out we and gotta... i just didn't understand that you were trying to wrap it up <laughs> Duran had a hard no and we got a hot out <laughs> so uh yeah normally we would do the music and normally we would do our trivia here for this episode uh unfortunately like i said we got a hot out so we, we gotta we gotta cut it short hopefully we can do like a little mini episode in between yeah uh, that's the, what we'll do you know and we'll, we'll talk in. about the music and the whole thing you know at, at another time but that is that. All right, let's close this bad boy out. Shall we, Marvin? We shall. Let's do it. Thank you all so incredibly much for tuning into this episode. As we have encouraged you before, head on over to the Apple Podcast app or your app of choice to leave a written review. Yes, you can drop in those five stars. You know five stars are our favorite. But when you write a review, it helps uh, this podcast be seen by others. It helps people get an understanding of why you like it so much. And we read every single one. It's like a little hug. Oh, it's like the it's like I wake up every morning and I and I check our reviews <laughs> just to see if, if people like us or they hate us. I, I love reading them all, even the bad ones, because it's like uh, it's like mean tweets from Jimmy Kimmel. I, I I think it's a no matter what I like it. So please go ahead and 
give us a review and check out maryandblake.com where we have all of our podcasts that are happening at the moment including House of the Dragon and soon to be uh, brought back the Potterverse uh, or if you're just a fan of Outlander and you watch Outlander and you like it you can listen to Outlander Cast. we got a billion podcasts I guarantee that we podcast something that you like it's, it's a guarantee that's right on that note friends my name is Mary my name is Blake and you've been listening to The Rings of Power